Welcome back to a very special episode of Coffee with Innovate Finance, a podcast series where we are speaking with experts from the industry on the changing face of financial services and the future of fintech and financial innovation. I am Rashi Pandey, Head of Partnerships and Growth, and I'm very pleased to welcome Duncan Gerson, who is the CEO and founder of Climb8 Invest. Climb8 is a fintech focused on sustainable investing. And that's exactly what we'll be talking about today. This topic is especially relevant to the ecosystem with the 2021 United Nations Climate Change Conference, also known as COP26, coming up in November this year. At Innovate Finance, one of our key priorities and focus for this and next year is also sustainable investing and green finance. So ahead of COP26, we too will be focusing on this topic via our upcoming conference on the 19th of October. It is an Innovate Finance Forum showcasing the power of fintech and fintech as a force for good, where it's creating a more sustainable and inclusive world for all. So this growth forum is where we'll be discussing where we are now and where we are headed. And it'll be taking place in London and globally for everyone to tune in as well online. So thank you so much for joining us today, Duncan. It's a pleasure to have you to answer all these burning questions we have and giving us additional insight into why sustainable investing is not to be ignored. That's great to be here, Rashi. Super. Um, I'm very I'm delighted to you know tell you a little bit about about what we're doing at Climate and perhaps you know the broader topic of sustainable investing. Perfect. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's dive right in. So. You know, we hear green, sustainable, climate change, ESG. These terms seem to be used interchangeably. So what are your thoughts? And can you please perhaps define what each term entails for our audience? Yes, I'll, I'll have a try. It's, it is, it's definitely a confusing topic. There's a lot of acronyms flying around. Um, I think none of them are really very well defined. And perhaps the best place to start is, is with ESG. Um, and I would say that we at Climate, we're, we're, we're not an ESG investor per se. We, we, we go beyond ESG, but I'll, I'll come back to that in a second. So, okay. so for us, ESG, it's, um, you know, it's a filtering tool. It's a tool that a number of fund managers use um, to select stocks on the basis of negatively screening out companies. So they typically look to screen out companies which are, which are fossil fuel based or perhaps tobacco companies or they sell weapons um, and other sort of perhaps undesirables for, for their fund. Um, and so it's, it's sort of negative screening. And, and for us, that isn't green investing or sustainable investing per se. You know, it's, that, that is better than um, perhaps, you know, if, if you've got a fund which will actively invest into kind of oil and gas. But if you want to be a, <clears throat> an impact investor or a sustainable investor, in our view, you need to be doing something very different, which is proactively looking for companies that have a product or service that is making a difference on climate change. You know, for us, that's that's that, that's green investing, and and that's really what we've built at Climate. You know, which is a smartphone app which can empower anyone to invest into into things that are making a positive impact on on climate change. And so, uh, you know, it's a very different thing uh, to ESG. Um, ESG is where a lot of the asset management industry is right now, and 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 the, that movement um, in general is a good movement. You know, it's looking to to help people put their money into better things, 
But again, if you want to be actively making a difference, you know, our view is you need to do that proactively. So, so we, we position ourselves as an active fund manager or, or an asset manager, advisor. Um, and it's, it's really, if you like, it's a multi-step process for us. Um, but our first filter is, does this company have a product or service which makes a difference in climate change? And we have six core themes, um, clean, uh, clean energy, Green technology, um, smart mobility, which is largely electric mobility at the moment, um, clean water, circular economy, and the last one is sustainable food. And on all of these themes uh, are, are, are focused on companies which are making a positive impact on, on climate change. So that's kind of our, our primary filter. And then we apply um, other, other criteria, if you like, which, which I guess have some similarities with the ESG. So we then focus on the S and the G. So if you've got into a sort of top of top of funnel uh, uh, as a company with a with a product making a difference, we will then look at things like social uh, impact and, and governance, the governance structure of these companies. Are they well run? What is the business model? Um, and and you know what is the growth model of, of these companies? So so all those kind of tertiary and secondary factors come in after the primary filter. So it's it's a very different thing from ESG. And to be honest, that's kind of our USP. Is we we are positioning ourselves as a if you like a specialist provider that want to have an impact um, with our with our uh, investors money you know I have when you when you spoke about your themes uh, it kind of gave me goosebumps because um, you know it's it's things you th listen to and you you know you should be doing there's still a long way to go but I really love the fact that you guys have these key themes you know and everything from you know uh, electric vehicles to you know sustainable food. Um, you guys are really looking ahead, so that's that's wonderful to see. So with COP twenty six about to take place, the whole world of financial services currently is awash with you know green actions and plans. So do you see these as a fundamental change? Again, a very good question. I think there's there's certainly a lot of talk right now. I think the G7 meeting um, we just had uh, not long ago was was there was a lot of talk, but there was relatively few sort of actionable um, yeah, things that were announced, and 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 therefore that was quite disappointing. I found actually, and if that's that's the situation with G7, obviously COP26 is a much bigger a forum with many more uh, countries. So I'm 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 you know, generally a very optimistic person. You have to be if you're an entrepreneur and you're, yeah. you're trying to make an impact, uh, you know, as a, as a business person. Um, but I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little cautious. Yeah, and, and then we had, you know, just, 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 just today, um, the Climate Change Committee, which is an, a, a policy advisor to the UK government, put out quite a damning report that, that, our, that our government is not doing enough. It's making a lot of noises. Um, but this this policy unit has suggested that you know there are a number of repeated failures from the UK, UK government on putting in place tangible actions, um, and there's there's a you know policy vacuum, and they use quite strong language, and and so that is a bit discouraging um, when we have such a massive problem facing us. So so in general, I'm I'm optimistic. I think there's a sort of a groundswell of of opinion from. From people i mean i think COVID has been a, a a real you know a positive thing in terms of climate change it's obviously been you know very dramatic and and a horrible you know um event period for lots of people around the world but in terms of i think moving the zeitgeist on and thinking about the impact of climate change which will be a much much bigger negative event on the planet and and, and people than COVID. 
I think it has been helpful. I think people have begun to think much more about how they live, you know, eating less meat, cycling more, flying less. Uh, we've obviously been constrained in our homes. And I think just, just much more thoughtful about the kind of lives we want to lead um, you know, in, in the future. And so I do think there has been certainly as, as, you know, as, as consumers, as, as individuals, there's a massive sea change has happened. And, and that sort of builds upon the basis of people like, you know, Greta and David Attenborough, who for, for some years now have been pushing the, the climate agenda. So I do think the last 12 to 15 months has had a, has a big, big change um, and I do see that I think in even sort of consumerism, you know, and I, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast just the other day with the founder of Rent the Runway, which I don't know if you know this platform, but they essentially they rent clothes and it's a, it's a big deal in the US. Um, and so they are growing at a phenomenal rate and their users have, um, have changed why. So they do, they do regular sort of market surveys on their, on their users and uh, pre-COVID, using their platform, which is renting clothes rather than buying them and frankly sticking them, you know, in a bin after a period of time, which is where uh, a lot of consumers have been with sort of fast fashion. They, uh, they have found that uh, it, because of COVID, people thinking much more about living a better way or a more sustainable way, that people now say that sustainability is number two, uh, just behind sort of cost. So you know, I think that's, you know, it's one small, you know, an anecdote, but I think there are, you know, lots of ways people have been changing behavior, um, if you like, on the ground floor, but we do need government. We do need top, top down mm -hmm. direction as well. So I'm, in, I'm very positive in one sense, but I'm also a little skeptical um, that governments are moving fast enough. And I guess what that really means is if governments are not going not gonna to do it, then we really need to get individuals and businesses to do a lot more. Um, and then back on fintech, you know, it's it's not a kind of doom and gloom and negativity. There is an incredible investment opportunity uh, to, to be putting your money, to putting your investments into companies that are that are making an impact. Because as as consumers, we move away from the sort of negatively impactful businesses and products to companies that are making a difference. And again, some examples, um, you know, sort of plant based milk replacements and, 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 and meat replacements, these companies are taking off, they're growing like crazy at crazy, crazy growth rates. And so as users, as consumers, we're buying into the sort of the better stuff, the stuff that's having a positive impact. And therefore, if we can move people's money into those companies, uh, we're likely to do very well as investors as well as these kind of growth rates continue. Uh, so, so, you know, I'm very optimistic in one sense, but but we need all of it, you know. We need it. You know, we need we need change as as consumers. We need changes at you know at the business level, but also also you know proper programs for, from government to promote the right things. No, you're right. For any you know systematic and strategic change to happen, you need all parties working together. And at least, like you mentioned, you know, a lot of consumers, you know, everyone's more aware now, and they're making trying to make more smarter, you know, greener choices, etc. And businesses are following that route as well, and hopefully from the top up uh, as well, we'll we'll, we'll see more change. Um, so things hopefully looking more positive now. <laughs> so B two B and B two C fintech solutions, since we talked about fintech just now. Uh, they both take very different paths to achieving, you know, the overall green goal. So one's for businesses, one's for consumers. So can you tell us more about the array of existing solutions? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I we, we probably know more about the B2C side because that's where we're really focused. We're focused on, on obviously, on the, the providing investment solutions for, for retail investors as B2C. But there are an array now of B2B uh, solutions, products, platforms. And I guess some examples that, that come to mind are there are now a number of data providers, kind of a B2B data providers who are drilling down and finding useful data on individual companies. And then they can provide that data to companies like mine and indeed, you know, ESG type investors and, and other investors, you know, uh, uh, much larger asset managers than us because we're just a, a tiny little startup with, with some growth ambitions, but there are some very big platforms out there um, which are we're using these newer data feeds from some of them are startups and some of them have been around a while and providing data around emissions um, amounts of water that have been recycled um, and, and other carbon, carbon impact type data. That's, I guess, one example. Another example would be different platforms that are providing carbon offsetting. So there's been a, a proliferation, correct, it's a tough word to say, of, of startups moving into kind of the B2B carbon offsetting market. And so some of them are focused on consumers providing sort of carbon offsets. So you can sort of pay 10 pounds a month to, to kind of offset your, your carbon impact and then there's a, there's a whole other range of them focused more on, on corporates and analyzing the, the, the carbon footprints of those corporates both internally but also what's called scope three emissions so what are the emissions from your products that are used by your users so they're looking at, at those kinds of data points and then providing you with um, offsetting schemes so perhaps planting trees or, or funding solar solar fields and, and similar uh, perhaps in, a, in another country so I guess those are two examples that sort of come to mind in sort of B2B fintech type type solutions. But I'm sure there are there are other coming, there are others coming because this is such a massive problem. Uh, there's so much money that needs to be poured into 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 these kinds of solutions, and and that money needs to get funneled by retail, but also companies, uh, and as well as you know as governments, as we've, we've just touched on. No, that was very insightful. So so thank you. And you know, can, you know, as we continue to talk about fintech, could you go further? And do you think fintechs can go further and really tip the scale to support the fundamentally, you know, green financial services agenda? Uh, yes, absolutely. And of course, I would say that. You know, we, 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 you know, individually, and like I said, we're a very small company. We're, you know, well, we're thirty people now, so we we are growing fast. We've raised some venture capital. We're in the process of raising some, some further funding. Um, we think we, we can individually build a, a big platform and move significant amounts of retail money into the right kinds of companies. And that's both your savings and also your pension. We'll be launching a pension product soon. Um, there are trillions of pounds just in the UK alone sitting in people's pensions. And if we can move some of that into the right kinds of companies away from perhaps the, you know, the, the damaging companies, the fossil fuel companies, um, then we believe that we individually can have an impact. But further than that, by just existing, you know, and banging the drum ourselves and being on, you know, podcasts like this one, we can raise awareness uh, more broadly and help other people, you know, perhaps move their money, you know, with another platform. You know, there are other existing sort of B2C direct consumer platforms that have been around much longer than us. Um, and if we can help facilitate people thinking about, you know, moving their money away from things that aren't helpful uh, into things that are having an impact, then, then you know, that's got to, that's got to be a good thing and and you know just more broadly again um there's some data that you can have a bigger impact with your savings 
than actually you can have with all your behavioral changes. So things like eating less meat and cycling more and flying less, all those things which we all need to be doing, or at least, you know, more of it. Uh, you know, I, quite, I still quite like milk in my coffee. Uh, so, you know, no, no one's perfect, but if you can be making some, you know, some behavioral changes, that's, that, that's great. But actually, as I said, there's some, there's some interesting research that your savings, where you put your money and your pension can have the biggest impact. So again, raising even just that sort of data point that, you know, keep recycling, eat less meat, but, but for God's sake, you know, do something, do something with your money and, and you can have a real, really good impact with that. And also, by the way, if you use a platform like ours, we make it super easy for you. You know, it's, it's, it's low friction. It doesn't require behavioral changes. Um, and it's, 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 you know, it's, it's relatively easy, easy setup and it's, you know, just moving, you know, it's moving money around. So we do believe because money is sort of relatively low friction that we can have a big impact as a fintech and indeed other fintechs can, can help. I think, I think during one of our UK FinTech Week sessions, I think I did, I did hear somewhere that it is apparently 27 times more effective to change your pension to a sustainable fund than switching to a plant-based diet. So that, there you go. You, you, you did mention that as well. So my goodness. Um, in the absence of a proper taxonomy, what is green and what is brown? What can financial services and the various actors do then? Yeah, it's just really an ex excellent question. Really, very topical right now. I mean, the, the the UK government and the European Union are looking at taxonomy to to give some level of grading to, to different kinds of companies. Um, it, it's not written in stone yet. There's still ongoing discussions, um, and I think you know more broadly, we need we need those different taxonomies to kind of link up. Um, otherwise, you know, if you if you had a taxonomy in, in Asia, for for example, which is very different to what we're doing in Europe, that would probably be less helpful. I think if we can have uh, standardization across these different taxonomies, that's got to be a good thing. For sure, wherever we land with these taxonomies, it's not going to be perfect, but it's a, it's a really good thing that we're talking about it, and it's definitely going to be a, a big step in the right direction compared to ESG, you know, which we touched on earlier, which where there is no taxonomy, there is no classification, and right now you've got all the different rating agencies providing different ESG scores for the same company, which is completely bonkers. So you know, one ratings agency will give XYZ electric vehicle company uh, unnamed uh, one rating and then another rating agency will give them a different rating because one is one is being rated more on the E than on the S than on the G. So having a, a more standardized um, taxonomy has got to be a big step in, in the right direction. And that is, you know, that's been worked on right now at, um, you know, at the highest level in, in, in government and uh, in the European Union. No, thank you. Very good to know, because um, otherwise it just reduces transparency at this stage, doesn't it? So looking at investors, have you noticed a fundamental shift towards investing in green solutions, you know, especially at climate? Uh, yeah, again, a big, big yes. I mean, I just reached my notes, I've, you know, some data from Morningstar, you know, one of those ratings agencies I, I, I just mentioned. They, um, in the first time, I'll just read this. In the first time this year, net inflows into ESG funds which is not perfect, but they're a step in the right direction, was huge. Europe, at the forefront of ESG investing, saw the biggest jump in demand with net purchases of 146 billion, which is remarkable. So there's, yeah, so there are big, big amounts of money um, moving in, in this direction. Um, you know, this is, this is top of mind for many asset managers, um, investment banks. 
everybody in the financial services sector is, is looking hard at ESG right now. And I'm just hopeful that, you know, this money will get funneled into the right kinds of solutions uh, rather, than, rather than perhaps where some of those ESG, ESG funds are putting the money, which, you know, there was an article in The Economist just a couple of weeks ago. A lot of the ESG funds are actually putting your money either into big tech, uh, which is kind of the best sort of carbon neutral, not having a positive impact. And some are even putting money into fossil fuel funds, uh, into fossil fuel companies, which makes no sense whatsoever. So, so again, um, huge amounts of money moving in theory in, in the right direction, but I think we can be doing a better job and hopefully our little company can help sort of raise, raise awareness that, you know, there, there, is, there is the possibility of being, if you like, more pure play and, and putting your money into companies that are having a positive impact. And you also mentioned that there is a lot of movie, uh, sorry, mo money, <laughs> I'm so sorry, money moving into this category. And, you know, fintech has really sprawled into this, you know, um, massive industry now globally. And, you know, we do have quite a few umbrellas. Do you think green fintech is a category in itself? We believe so. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the, the amounts of capital that need to get moved are, are vast and therefore it seems quite likely that, um, you know, this can be a sort of a category all, all on its own, even, even though we're sort of in the foothills right now. And it's, it's actually a very broad category, you know, green sort of eco environmental investing it might, might, might perhaps sound a little niche, but actually if, if you think that carbon has, a part to play in every part of our lives from the moment we wake up in the morning from you know how we eat how we clothe ourselves how we move around the homes we live in um it has an it, there's a carbon there's a carbon impact on everything and so therefore there are companies that provide us products and services already for all those bits and pieces and if we can be putting our money into the better companies that are doing a better job with lower carbon impact products and services then the size of this green quote-unquote um, sector is is massive. It's absolutely enormous, and it's quite difficult to to sort of put a total addressable market. So Tam sort of in sort of venture capital speakers, it's pretty difficult to put a total Tam on it because mm -hmm. it touches on everything we do. You know, clean energy alone. You know, the numbers that it came out of of, of the UN uh, a few years ago on how we can meet the Paris targets. They, they talk about investing two point, I think it's $2.7 trillion every year into clean energy alone. You know, and that's just one of the, one of the verticals, one of the sectors we need to be um, investing into. So, so the numbers are, are, are huge. And therefore, you know, to extrapolate that out, then it, it seems pretty clear that so green FinTech is going to be probably quite a large category within a number of categories of of how you can invest into into more impactful businesses. Yeah, and it's great. It's, it's really sad. I think more green fintech and a lot of the subcategories of other fintechs as well, which we're not, you know, maybe so obviously seeing right now. So closing on, Duncan, what should we all look forward to, and what inspires you and just you know gets you out of bed every morning? Um, gosh, really good questions. What inspires what inspires me? I guess look, I'm a uh, I have kids. That kind of inspires me. Gets me out of morning out of bed in the morning. You know, I want to breakfast with them, and uh, you know, trying to build a better future for them um, is part of you know why we're on this mission. You know, we're we're not going to be around forever, but our kids and our grand our grandkids will, and we'd like to leave a better planet for them. I'd like to think, um, and so therefore that you know that that is a big inspiration. 
for what we're doing. And then the obvious, the obvious sorts of answers, you know, Greta, you know, as annoying as she might seem to a lot of people, I think it's incredible what, what, what she has done. Yes. Uh, the, the awareness she has raised. And then at the other end of the age spectrum, you know, David Attenborough, it's pretty incredible what he has done as well. Um, so and you know, those, those sorts of personalities, have, I think, have been very inspirational, you know, to, to me and and many others. So um, yeah, long may that continue. And I, I just hope, you know, going back to COP26, I just fingers and toes crossed that <laughs> the politicians will will do the right thing and 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 give us some some more tangible, you know, outputs from from that event uh, coming up in November. Yeah. There is definitely a lot to look forward to. Lastly, before I let you go, I have to ask this. Any, any, absolutely any exciting news you want to share at Climate or anything we should keep a lookout for? Oh, correct. Yeah, I guess it's a small shout out for, for what we're doing. I mean, we're, we're, we're in the middle of fundraising. We've just announced raising uh, an investment from Channel 4 Ventures, which okay. people in the UK. Uh, we'll, we'll know what that means, which is very exciting. So we'll be aiming to do some advertising and awareness raising, um, you know, later this year, perhaps around COP26. So that's very exciting news for us, and we are adding to that round. So if there are any investors listening, you know, be delighted to to have a conversation. Thank you, thank you so much, Duncan, You know, speaking with us today. More power to you and the team at Climate. You know, may you raise funds. May you know you grow from strength to strength, and you know you increase your themes and and your vision for you know leaving a better world for our kids and our grandkids is is you know comes true. Fingers crossed. So here's to seeing more change within the space and an increase in sustainable investing. You know, I have my fingers crossed too. And sorry. I, I thought you wanted to say something. No, I just say thank you, Rashi, for for uh, for for inviting me. It's great. It's great chatting. It's always nice to sort of share. It's sort of the vision and the ambition of what we're doing at Climate, and you know, you know, share uh, share a few words and and hopefully inspire one or two other people. Yeah, you have definitely inspired me. So so definitely, thank you, Duncan. And to, of course, you know, our audience, thank you once again for tuning to our special episode of Coffee with Innovate Finance. Do look out for upcoming episodes and follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn for more events and programs. And if you also want to find out about Climate, uh, and we also look forward to hosting you in, on October 19th for our forum showcasing, you know, the power of fintech in creating a more sustainable and inclusive world for all. So see you all very soon. And as always, until next time, take Take very good care of yourselves.